0: Is there something wrong? you
1: said that like it was a bad thing? No, <laughs> no. I said it as a... Like yeah. it was a rebellion? No, no, no. <laughs> no an i an act I, of rebellion. I married me a redhead.
0: So, I, um, so when I went to Bible college, of course, when Casey came this second quarter to, um, to school, God had a few things to work out in me in the first quarter. Well, he had a lot of things to work out in me, but I, I was okay that he came the second quarter. So when I saw him, um, again, I literally, I was talking to this person that thought that I was going to be with him. But but I wasn't and um and I said and I literally I said see that guy right over there and um I said I'm gonna be with him the rest of my life boom prophesied right out of my mouth and then I went well that's true I'm gonna be with him but we hadn't even got on a date yet and so so then I called my mom and I called my mom and I said mom I'm marrying me this guy that I met at Bible college and she he goes my mom goes well who is he and I said oh he's in a drug program
1: <laughs> Every mom wants to get that phone call. He was,
0: he was still a resident in a drug rehab program, so we had extremely strict rules in our whole first months of dating. I mean, like, because we could hardly date because of the uh, the uh, drug program rules of dating. But we could then, on top of it, we were in a Bible college that had extreme also rules. Now, mer- mind you, I had been raised a Methodist man. We danced, plays cards, went to movies. I mean, that was all holy, and you know what I mean. We could do that, but at Bible Bible school that was a Holy Ghost Bible school, you know, we had to sign an agreement. Like, we couldn't, like, even turn the TV on. You couldn't read a newspaper. You couldn't read a magazine. Couldn't go on a date, you know, without permission, which... Let's bring it back. Yeah, let's... Like, well, when my kids started to date, I wanted to bring back all them, you know, all them rules. But it, it it was a... So we... Then we started to date. But, but I am very grateful that God had really solidly put in my heart, in a very good way, um, that I think that has been a gift for me is that it was very clear like he is who i'm marrying and this is who i am to be with and so in the process of all i would say um, because we are talking about marriage and we'll get into the specific because casey always has extra great um notes that we'll tease from but i would say that if in case you are um you're married and you're living life and you and you wonder about that i've i've met enough people that are married that have a, an edge, a, a little a little gap in there somehow. They have a still kind of a, like, you know, well, maybe it's the will of God or maybe I miss the will of God. And I would just say to you all is that you have to absolutely... Settle that in your own heart personally, and that does not mean go to your mate and say, "You know, I'm not really sure you're on the will of God, so I need to make sure." You, you don't sow those kind of seeds. But if you honestly, No, have, let's just settle
1: it for them. Yeah, if you're married, yeah, you are. It is the will of God. It is
0: the will no of God. Praise. It is. No more
1: thinking about it. It is.
0: But sometimes. You you let your you let the devil play with your mind with that. Like, well, was she really the right one? Did I marry the wrong one? Did, and I have to say honestly because I lived, my dad had said that to me many times. Well I wasn't really sure, maybe your mom wasn't the right one. Finally I said to my dad, Dad, we had a very strong, good relationship. I loved my dad. I said, Dad, Dad, you had six children. I'm one of them. It's the will of God. I'm the one that say that to my dad, you know, and I said, and so I thought about that with so many different people. And my parents were in ministry, but I think some of y'all have let certain um, seeds get into your life and it affects everything. And if you let that seed, and I am grateful that literally before I had my first date, I felt it, it was a very clear absolute from God. This is your husband. This is him. This is the guy. This is the man that you'll have your whole life with. And we dated and literally on our first date, you know, like right now, uh, the the judge, you know, they're going through Kavanaugh thing and they're they're ridiculing the fact that he said he was a virgin. And I said, then they're ridiculing it all on Twitter. It's all ridiculing him. And I went, I was, I mean, what's wrong with that? I mean, you can be a virgin, can't you, until you get married? But they're ridiculing it, you know. But on our first date, we had the conversation, okay. I already know I'm going to marry you. Cause, and he kissed me one time and all the frogs went away and all the princes showed up. You know, the prince was there. And so, like, there has to be a certain kind of level of honor to each other, too, that you talk about issues and you set things in your life in the borders of this is who we are and this is how we will live our life. There are certain principles that I think maybe, maybe this is a, maybe a prophetic for some of you in this, in this room that there are maybe some things that you have allowed in the borders of your life because maybe somebody else has done something. You're like, well, they do it. We can do it too. But you can't. You can't. It'll it'll ruin certain parts of your life and in your marriage. You have to make certain lives and borders, and this is who we are, and this is how we live our life, because we stay strong because of those choices. Yeah. So Casey and I made some very – We, I mean, like I laugh, but I said not laugh, but on our first day, we made certain – Decisions in our life, how we would live our life, even in dating, which in the long run really, really, really helped because we didn't know when we were dating those certain borders of principle that we live by. I did not realize in a few years, my husband would be traveling at the level of, he started to travel at the very beginning of our marriage. So he was gone all the time, but I had such an absolute trust, absolute covenant. Some people go, how did you know to trust him? I said, uh... Because I dated him. I dated a man that I knew I could trust. Because he he lived the principle in which he said. So I think that in life, maybe in marriage, some of y'all might need to not... You know, it just sometimes you have to go backwards a little bit to go forward. So sometimes you might need to go through some things that happened and go, Okay, let's clean that stuff up. Let's get forgiveness for some of that stuff. We didn't make some of the right choices back here. Now we're going to make the right choices and go forward. Because your past does not have to identify your future unless... You have allowed your past to tattoo you. And if you're, ta- if you're tattooed with something of your past in a negative way, and that's how you enter into everything in your life, it can ruin certain parts of your life. So I just sometimes, this is just kind of a very, uh, uh, kind of a prophetic for some of y'all. Some of you need to clean up so that you can go forward.
1: So first off, that's Wendy's intro.
0: <laughs>
1: Wendy will prophesy to you. And lay hands on you. Yeah. And cast the devil out of you. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah. So I think in that process of uh, ministry life and family life, you have to spend some time talking, praying, working together on your pace and your place. Hmm. You probably can't keep the same pace as everybody you know. Some will be faster, some may be slower. And for sure, you can't be in the same place as everybody you know. In other words, some wives may be worship leaders, and some are administrators. Some husbands uh, love the uh, administrative oversight, and they teach because they need to. Others love the teaching, and they wish somebody else would administrate. So we all have these giftings, these callings, and these abilities that are so unique But somehow we think we need to be in roles that others have established for us. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to fit into a mold that we may not be right for. So Wendy and I spend a lot of time working together on our pace and our place. And uh, I believe Wendy has a full-time role in our church. What that is, we had to work out. It wasn't playing piano. It wasn't <laughs> you know, doing certain things that maybe others thought was pastor's wife's stuff. Yeah. And the uh, same thing for me. Yeah. So you know you have to you have to really uh, spend time on that and mm-hmm. talk about that. Okay, and in that process there's anxiety because expectations, both trying to um, find your place mm-hmm. and be successful. And You hear the saying, opposites attract. Do you think it's true? Opposites attract. Well, Wendy and I do have a lot of differences, very different in certain roles. But we have more that we are the same. We both want to run everything. We both want the microphone. We both want to tell the kids what to do. We both have a leadership desire. So opposites in our world did not attract. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to have to figure out, yeah. since we both want the microphone, that's going to get awkward <laughs> real quick, right? So what's the place and what's our pace? Uh, and we still work on that. After 40 years, we're still talking about that, mm-hmm. how we'll support each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, how I can help her be successful, how she helps me be successful. Mm -hmm. Um, It's easy for us to start competing with each other Mm -hmm. and not complete each other. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we've all heard the sermon. We're trying not to give you a sermon today because you've already heard all the sermons. You preach all the sermons. So we don't want to give you a sermon. But maybe just practical application because for us... It's great to say, hey, man, we complete each other. My wife completes me. Yay, my, my husband completes me. But in the real world for us, we can get competitive. Even something like the kids like you more than me. The kids uh, call you more than they call. How come I text Sasha. She texts me right back. She doesn't text me right back. right? So then it's like, uh-oh. Now we're competing. Now we've got now we've got issues. Y'all look at me so innocently, like you have no issues. No. What's the deal? Mm-hmm. They might not. Yeah. So the other day, Wendy's looking at this thing with the family feud as yeah. a Twitter. Report on no, the Family Feud the,
0: I t- okay, is it, Has anybody watched Family Feud? Yeah. Okay like I say As you get older you start watching game shows more I'm just saying Rude. there's not a it's lot a On time. TV to it watch doesn't. that Doesn't have like that's ridiculous There's stuff that's on there that's ridiculous right? So I was watching the Family Feud and it just Cracked me up I said Casey I said what are, you know the End that they ask those and there's two People and then they get to win the money at the end So one has to go off stage and so They ask the question in your Small circle of you know, relationships Relationships, who kind of bugs you the most? And they used a different word than bug. I can't remember what it was. But they, and so the first one said, my mother. Okay. So then they ask the rest of the questions, and then, then then she gets so many answers. And then the other one comes out, and they go. And the first question is again, who's the person in your family circle that bugs you the most? And the first thing the person said was mother. And they go, no, you can't say. It. So he said father. Right. So I'm waiting for the number. You know, on the family few things. So how many of a hundred people? said which one right okay so 22 of 100 said mother do you know how many said father
1: not fair zero
0: zero of all the people said their father bugged them the most in their small circle of people and i went that's just unfair you know why your father's getting because you're always buying all the presents <laughs>
1: and mom's guarding the budget
0: yes well sometimes isn't that true at least it's with me and kristen my daughter-in-law we both complain about it. she complains about caleb i complain about casey and i told my daughter-in-law i said it's his father it's his father's fault he buys his children presents all the time, and Caleb does the same thing. Y'all, man, you just buy presents all the time. Stop it. Let us girls buy them presents.
1: You want to take a poll? And no, see. I just <laughs> tease him. It, it is what it is, you know? It's the family feud. It's the family feud. So the point is, mm-hmm. you've got to do a lot of talking on what's your pace and what's your place. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, there's no right or wrong, is there? Uh, guys if you've had an image of what a woman should do in ministry it's probably not going to work because those traditional images those uh, perspectives from past churches might not fit with you and your wife and your church so I didn't have any of those thank the Lord Yeah. so it's like okay when what do you want to do and how can we make that work and uh And there was no role she had to fill. It was the role she was called to fill. She wanted to fill. And we worked together to make that happen. And I've been through quite a few. I I used quite a few. I've been through maybe five pastor divorces. Good friends. Yeah, good friends. Married for a long time. Married Mm -hmm. for 20, 25 or more years. And then a divorce. Yeah. In each one, there were some similarities. One was the man stayed in ministry and the woman moved on. Mm -hmm. Um, Another was the guy was able to position himself as the good guy and the woman was the bad one. You know, big picture. And when I looked at it, I, I recognized there was something in every one of those cases. And that was the husband wasn't committed to helping his wife find her place, find her pace, be fulfilled, be happy. He was, he was doing whatever he wanted to do. He Mm -hmm. was the man, he's in charge, Mm -hmm. but the wife never got into a role where she was fulfilled and excited and rewarded and all of those things. So yeah, he came out, he was okay. She was bad. He was good. But I think God knew another side of the story, that God saw what was happening under the obvious, under the uh, outward expressions. So husbands, let's love our wives. Let's help and let's make sure that they find that pace and place where they're fulfilled, rewarded. We're not trying to slow them down. We're not trying to push them. We're just trying to say, okay, we're in this together. Let's find what works. You know, if your wife is an accountant, thank the Lord. (laughs) Let her run all the finances, right? Right. Um, So whatever that gifting and calling is, we want to help. Uh, our wives be fulfilled. You know,
0: and, and mind you, we're, 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 our goal today is kind of talking about that whole uh, combination working together in ministry, so that's why we're staying kind of on this particular topic, so we really stay in there with the marriage part of working together, which, um, which is unique. We're trying to hit... The individual of what is happening in your life and in your world to strengthen you and to help you, but I I have also realized that one of the great things that I had seen all my life is I would come home from school as a kid, and my dad was a pastor, so we had different hours, and my dad was always sitting on the couch talking to my mom. I thought that was a common practice of all people that were married. I thought that's what everybody did: is that every afternoon that you sat on the couch and you talked and and i didn't realize that many people have never had that vision until i started and, but, but i carried that on like me and casey always sit on the couch not just to drink you know at that particular time but the vision of it was what we it was a part of what i had seen on my life and so that is exactly what we we did and i realized there's a strong possibility that many of you didn't have never had that vision. You've never seen that in your own life. And so in your married life, and as a pastor, you know, you're supposed to know everything and do everything right and all these kind of things. and And yet often, I mean, we're just pastors that have the job that God gave us to do with all of our inabilities and all of our lacks in understanding. But that is one strength that I had, I literally visually had seen that I brought into our marriage. And maybe none of you, or not none of you, but maybe that's not been a high point in your, in your relationship. And so I would really encourage you to figure, you know, to have, and it's not always supposed to be a conversation of intensity or a conversation of like, how are you doing? You know, it's like, we've created a conversational lifestyle. So literally we can talk, we could just sit on the couch and just visit for an hour about just lots of stuff, just random stuff to important stuff. Then I realized, you know, and when you have kids in the house, Obviously, your, your conversation is going to be, lend itself towards what is the noise in your in your house. If there's something big going on in the church, of course, it, it would lend itself to go that direction also. But as the kids moved out, we were like, you know, there was, that, and I said to Casey, I said, we're reading some books together. Because it's interesting and it's fun, and so we're going to read some books together what do you want to read and i'm not even saying christian books they could just be novels because i found some guy novels that he could read that were really good and i like them so and i'm a big big reader i i love to read everyday hours you know so he so then he would read something and we would talk about the book why well it's, it's some of it is just there's a there's a part of learning that connection in life that it's just not about the ministry that it's about the random stuff that you're thinking about. It's about maybe a book that you're reading together. It's about this funny show that you saw. This funny c- cartoon that you saw. Or it's about some article that you read that was just... Re- like, in conversation in our marriage, if we're going to succeed, we need to have we need to learn how to have... the cou- You can call it couch time. You can go wherever you're going to sit. Um, and have that kind of conversation. I think it's wise to not only have couch time, but there's also, like you know um
1: couch time is that a new one
0: couch time couch, couch time yeah couch time but, sounds
1: sexual to me yeah
0: well, okay if we really went there depending on when there's when those kids were around couch time is a good time you know i mean come on now in the in the girl lesson they not one thing was said about you know having intimacy in marriage. So we could talk about that because I think that's an extremely important part of just life in marriage and having fun. But you can bring that up whenever you want to. And um, but but I'll add to this one part about the beauty Yeah, he always says no. But the beauty of conversation. I I, I probably this is probably as I've gotten older I realize there's just this one part is that there's so much that goes on in pastors' lives, in heart and mind, and the stress, and the, and the, and the, and the, and, the, and, the, and d- we all go through different challenges. And, and some of them are just not very pretty, and some of them are just fine, but you don't know what you're doing all the time. And I thought, I wonder how many of us also feed into the beauty that we need to feed into our soul. And we live in the most beautiful part of the whole or globe is up in Seattle. That is the most beautiful part. Sorry you don't live there because we do. And, um, But I mean, we've got the, we've got the salt water and we've got lakes and we've got the mountains and we've got the, I mean, we've just got a beautiful, and sometimes we just have to get into the beauty of what God has created because it refreshes you also. And we have conversations because we're big hikers. Well, he hikes because I love to hike and he just gives that to me, but we also motorcycle and we motorcycle with helmet talk so that we can visit with each other. So you know, he, do we do all that? So we go into the beauty of what God has also. So it's not just sitting on the couch talking, but it's sometimes that's the refreshing of your soul uh, that you see what god is and you see bigger than yourself and you you it's there's something about the need of that refreshment of staying strong in the long term of you know being great for the kingdom of god and not burning out they say you know i don't know who says and i don't know where they did the stats but they say at least 50 percent of pastors Get out before the, the, they end what God has called them to do, and I'm like, wow, fifty percent. And I said, well, we're now on thirty-eight years of pastoring the same church, you know, and being the same place. And I'm like, and we're not done, and I'm not, and I'm not worn out. So some of these things have been very refreshing to my soul that have kept me strong inside, so that the beauty of what God has for us. So some of y'all need to find those beauty spots. And on purpose, go there together, so you share some of the beauty of what's there in your in your world of what you have. And some of y'all live in those ugly
1: places. So sorry, I'm
0: teasing. I'm teasing you. I'm
1: teasing you. Okay. Here's another uh, point. Be ready to adjust for season of family and seasons of church. Mm-hmm. So we have this idea that nothing stays the same and nothing should stay the same. So when somebody comes to me at church and says, you know, church isn't what it used to be. I'm like, isn't that awesome? Aren't you excited? Thank God. It's not what it used to be. It used to suck. (laughs) But in many people's mind, change is not good. And maybe subconsciously some of us pastors Resist change because maybe we love the old songs or we love the old style. We always used to do it this way. I mean, we used to gather around the altar. And I, we used to, and okay, well, that was fun when we did that. But we're not doing that. Right. Now we're doing it in a different way. And you have to decide seasons are coming and going whether you like it or not. In the Northwest, we do have seasons. Mm-hmm. And... Um, It's going to get cold here in October. Mm -hmm. It's going to be raining more. And you can go out with your shorts and a tank top on and say, I love summer. And I believe it's summertime. (laughs) But you are a fool. Yeah. And you are wet and cold. Yeah. Right? So just put a coat on and say, man, I love coats. And Yeah. You love the rain. And, you know, if you live in the Northwest and you complain about rain, You have mental health issues. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not new. Yeah. Right. It's 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 happening. Yeah. So we adjust for it. We're prepared for it. Don't notice it. It's like a parent who's surprised when a child moves out. I'm an empty nester. You birth the child, (laughs) waiting for the day they grow up, Mm -hmm. become an adult. Mm -hmm. When they do, you cry. That's a mental health problem.
0: I have that mental health. I'm yeah. just you. Okay.
1: So we're ready um, yeah. for adjusting uh-huh. seasons yeah. in family life and in church life. Mm-hmm. And Wendy and I have talked through uh, about church life. and We've probably had to reinvent ourselves at least twice, maybe three times. Yeah. I think we're in that process right now as, as our kids are taking over and doing more and more in church. They must increase, and we must decrease. Right. So, but we've we've adjusted drastically when we started in faith groups, and and uh, ordained at Crenshaw Christian Center, and mm-hmm. Brother Hagan was speaking at our church. You never even heard of him, but yeah. he was cool. One yeah. day,
0: mm-hmm. he
1: still is. So we had to reinvent to go to a new season and keep our church fresh and keep our church growing, and then. Mm-hmm. And then at least two, maybe three times, you have to reinvent things. Now, when you do that, not everybody will go with you. Right. Yeah. Not everybody will make that change with you. Yep. Right. And so it's okay. Last week I was in Colombia. Uh, if you've ever been around a guy named Robert Beringer, mm-hmm. he's a wonderful guy. I love Robert. He's from Lima, Peru. Great church. Really having influence around South America. Mm-hmm. He gathered some pastors, 200 pastors, we did these. Roundtable discussions last week. And the main point was getting current, getting fresh, getting your church into a season of growth. And some of these churches were older denominational style. And one pastor was very clear in his question. He said, If I make these changes, I'm going to lose some old people. How do I deal with that? Yeah. And our discussion, and we were trying to be gracious. Uh, but the shorter answer, the short answer is, yes, you will. What's the problem? Right? Yeah. Right? So you have to decide, am I going to stay fresh? Am I going to make the adjustment? We're in a new season, and that's okay? Or I'm just going to try to keep people happy? We're just going to try to hang on to the old, and we're just going to try to, you know, not make those changes. So if that happens in church life, it's very likely it's also happening in your family life. So even subtle things like when the kids are young, Wendy has uh, adjusted her hours at work. We have more staff to help at home. Right, They're doing shopping, they're doing cleaning because she's doing ministry but we also have little kids Right. and my schedule's adjusted to what I'm going to do because the kids are home mm-hmm. Kids grow up doing more at school moving out her schedule changes right now we don't need anybody in our we don't want anybody in our house we go to the grocery store we think it's like an out it's like a date you know dating over which camel soup we want That's
0: not true, but but when the kids were little we never went
1: shopping <laughs> uh-huh. we never did that so you just make those adjustments at seasons and make I call it change, but maybe a better word is adjustments. Mm-hmm. Make it normal. It's normal to make adjustments. It's, there's nothing that's ever going to stay the same. So make that part of your married life.
0: So, so he said something, though, that probably said me me, like, wait, what? Now, I, I'm just going to say, when, when we, um, we had already been um, pastoring the church over five years when we had our first... So obviously our life schedule of working those first five years of when we planted Christian faith was just full on, like just everything, just seven days. We didn't believe in vacations. It was 24 seven. It was seven days a week when we, Mm -hmm. we believed in the company of people that we, that we were around. If we even went someplace, you went and you came right back. There was no downtime, no spare time, of even being a tourist someplace. So it was very, very aggressively go. Then, then really God really spoke to me one time in prayer. It's like, time to have your kids and the question was asked on one of the seven on sevens what have you not heard if you ask God what is a part of your today that you're not doing and mine was when I asked that question God very clearly said it's time for your kids and so at seven years of marriage we had our first and then then we had our three it was absolutely the gift of God but he did something that I think some people um they don't. You don't consider a ponder. He he knew we have we are together in this. So how can we go forward with having our children? And we figured out even financially how we could have a person that would do those things that he just said. That some people I, it was a. I mean we didn't we didn't we didn't spend the money in one area because we spent the money in a person that worked for us at home. And they did. I didn't go grocery shopping for probably 20 years. I know some of y'all would just go. Are you kidding me? Neither did heat i mean we didn't go grocery shopping we didn't go to the dry cleaner we didn't go um there was a lot of stuff I, i hardly ever cooked a meal because the person cooked the meal i didn't i didn't ever clean wash my sheets or do the towels you there's always things in your own home that really you're the only one that can do so those are the things of course that we did do because our time then was at work and being full parents so when we walked in the door at night and that is a benefit that we financially made that choice to have those things taken care of so that being a parent, which was a very high call in our life and a high desire, you know, it wasn't, we weren't caught up in doing all the things that it takes to run a home. So that had a person. And Wendy was, wants to get a
1: lawnmower now. Yeah. We've never had one. Yeah. We've never mowed the yard. Yeah. And i like, what would you do with the lawnmower? I know, I'm going to like, mow the lawn. I want to mow the lawn. I want to mow the lawn. Why not? Why not? You're There's new like things. An old i want a retired person. Yeah, I'm not. No,
0: I'm going to go just mow the lawn. I just want, when I have apple trees out there, I'm, a, I'm like doing a new thing. He just said we're supposed to change, right? He just said that, right? So remind him of this I mean, work. There's a lot of change saying. going on. I'm just saying. But I, I wanted to bring that up because he said that. And I know that that is not always the financial place that everybody can be at. Because, you know, we, we started the church, though, with no children. And some of y'all start up like us. We, we met this couple, and they have six children already. And they're just basically started. I said, girl, oh, I'm like, you know, fine. That puts a whole different financial responsibility on your day, on your, everything. Well, we didn't have that. So we were able to build to a certain place. So when we did start to have kids, we were blessed to be able to make that a part of our economy of life and make that work. I would say for any of you in here, do as much as possible. To take off this, the, the, the the repetitive things of your home, take them off your plate. If you've got kids in your home, take as much of repetitive work that you can off. If, the, if you hate lawn work, don't do the lawn work. If you if you can get a person in one day a week, two days a week, three days a week, if you depending on your season of life, like he said, we got to a season of life, and I had a person coming every week, and I and I said, you know, between we're really tidy, we both are just naturally, we, we are like that, so we both laid each other. I said, I said, I don't know what they're going to do because I already did all the work, you know, and he did too. So between us, we're like, whatever. So now I have a person come once a month just because, you know, like, okay, go ahead and come once a month and just make sure it's all dusted, you know, but we used to have a person come five days a week. So again, seasons, it's all about the seasons of your life and what you're doing. And then there are seasons of change. Now that's in the personal part of our life. And that actually communicates a lot in the ministry part of our life. How do you stay in the seasons of your life? And it kind of goes back to that. I hope that we're having conversations. I hope that we're talking with each other because through life, you, you, you get better at certain things. You, you, certain things you want to give away a little bit more, certain things you might want to take on a little bit more because you continuously grow in what God has called you and what you're able and capable of doing. And this is all about ministry life, right? So we're talking about being in the ministry and the seasons of how you like, and then I'll just, and then he'll go to our next point, but he, he, you know, you know, in change, you know, even in your looks, you know, it's really easy to like something and to stick with something the same. You know, and I look around at y'all, and you're all like, you know, totally, you know, hip and all that. But, but it, 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 it's it's like totally, totally. But it's but it's like. Um, nobody looks bad or nothing, but it is the ask, you know, and it, it is kind of the I'm not really, you know, like, I don't like, now that you know, don't y'all, some of you that are my now, now that new thing is have pants up to their waist again, I'm like, oh my gosh, we had that already, I hated pants up to my waist, alright I'll get there, I'm not there yet, but I will get there, you know, by the bit old old I call them the mother pants, we have to go back to mother pants in the, some of you sisters, I hope you're with me on this one, right and I laugh, but, but styles change, and some of you brothers you know, you We're go, going
1: back to three-piece suits.
0: No, I don't think that'll happen. I'm not thinking. Well, it could. It could be. It's beautiful when men look all dressed up and they look beautiful. But I'm just saying, some of you brothers are slower. Because like, oh, I don't just want to go shopping. I'm like, if I could say this, it's not about you liking to go shopping. It's about you. to me, you open doors and you close doors by moving with the season a bit. And if you don't move with the season, you leave yourself in this one. And when people look at you, they look at you and they put you right into a particular category. So I am like, what category, when a person meets me, what do I want them to think What do I want them to see in me? What do I want them to open? Is the door going to be open or is the door going to be closed? If I'm going to go to a political meeting, which I don't, but in our area, if I went to a political meeting, I wouldn't dress like this. If I went to a political meeting, why? Because I would want them to see me in a different way. And I think as pastors, you want to be aware, wisely, and then be comfortable with whatever choice you make in that. Okay? But, but some of y'all, it's like, some, especially some of you brothers, oh, I ain't going to do that. And I'm like, okay, well then don't. Hey, you
1: got nothing to say to the brothers. I don't. <laughs> uh, communication. Mm-hmm. Wendy already brought it up. Yeah. We, we have a plan. We have a place. We sit. We chat. We talk to, the, talk to each other. So you guys hear a lot of communication um, lessons. I would just say this. Maybe a communication plan. We did a thing in our church mm-hmm. um, on marriage, and it, and it dealt with communication mapping. Mm-hmm. And so we would use that map as kind of an outline to talk through what we think what we feel and help us differentiate. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you uh, have a Smalley program mm-hmm. or use the financial freedom. There's a lot of communication skills in Lesson the financial freedom program. Some of us maybe need that kind of step by step process to develop our communication mm-hmm. ability, mm-hmm. but yeah, you got to be able to talk. So let's move on from yeah. that one. Um, we have a few minutes, and we're going to try to answer some questions if you want. And so maybe our last uh, thought will be, be quick to forgive. <laughs> and no matter how hard you try, uh, there's going to be stuff going on. Yeah. So you just have to decide to be quick to forgive. And oftentimes I have stepped on Wendy's toes or or got in the way or here's my favorite thing that I do she's got it she's handling it and I'll make a comment to staff member about that we should be doing how come we're not doing that well Wendy said well I want and now I have undermined or affected her leadership relationship not thinking about her. I'm just thinking about whatever it is that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But it's affecting her and her ability to do what she wants to be doing in ministry and in, in our church. So so I have to repent. I have to say I'm sorry. I wasn't thinking about you. I was thinking about this thing. and 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 she has to be quick to forgive <laughs> but we go through that yeah. after 40 years yeah. we're still going through those things yeah. and we're still figuring out how to help each other and how to support each other and how to forgive each other and how to keep working together on those things and sometimes when we're talking through it, we're both frustrated we end up sitting there and I'm like well I don't know what to say And she'll be like, well, I don't know what to say. Mm -mm. Okay, well, we're both communicators, and we're both sitting here with nothing to say.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: And sometimes we just sit there for a while. But we've made a decision. We're not going to leave the room. Right. We're not going to stomp out of the door. We're not going to slam the door behind. Because I think those are seeds that grow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If
1: you sow seeds of leaving... Seeds of slamming the I gotta go for a drive I gotta cool off right you just keep sowing those seeds I've gotta get away from you to get better yeah so you keep sowing that seed I think that's that's a bummer and I think it's a thing that many marriages do that actually is adding to the problem mm-hmm. so we just decided we're gonna sit here until we may not solve all the issues right but we're gonna solve part of the issue right we're at least going to get to the point where we say, I understand, babe. You, you, you didn't, didn't do it to me. You were thinking of something, else. whatever. We've, we may not solve all the problem, but at least we're on the same page right. and we're working on the problem. Right. And then we say, okay, I got to go. We got to sleep or I got a meeting or whatever right. happens. So that part of being quick to forgive... And not leaving until you get some kind of resolution, I think is important in uh, ministry marriage.
0: Well, and there's so many different, par- there, there's so many different uh, relationship strengths in here. You and your um, husband or wife, you know, you go, well, God, we don't have to deal with that. And I would understand that because of the different personalities that you are married to, some personalities are like... That, that's never uh, what he described as one of our issues isn't one of your issues. Totally get that. Because sometimes I said to Casey, he, way back when, anybody knows Sharon Doherty? I used to say, you should have married Sharon Doherty. She is the nicest person. And I'm not nice all the time. I'm not as gracious all the time. Sometimes I say my orphan heart rules my day. And and um, the orphan heart to me is just a, a person that well for one thing you you've disconnected from the, the father relationship doesn't mean I don't have ha, that I didn't have a father it means I I'm disconnected and I've di- or I've disconnected from un- re- remembering my value I have disconnected from feeling important or you know there's all that kind of stuff that my insecurities are ruling my emotions at the time and and there'll be times that his orphan heart is the for is at the beginning of, of the conversation. Because why? Well because we're still we still live in the flesh. Yeah. And I would love you know, like I could say, man, here we are, we're these old people in the room and you could say, Well by this time aren't you perfect? And we really are trying to say, No, we're not. And that you don't have to be either. There are there are smart things to learn and to grow with so that you can be married 40. And it, we'll, get, we'll be married at 15. We'll be married at 16. And we're going for 70 because we're staying on the earth a long time. <laughs> we're staying married a long time. So we're going to be there. But it doesn't mean that there are not issues because sometimes you can call it the flesh. Or the orphan heart in any of us. Why does it pop out sometimes? Why is it more dominant at a certain time? Why is it more prevalent in in certain discussions? I don't know. I mean, I could say yes. I could I could I could tell you why all the time. I could point it out. But but on the other side, so what? So I tell you why. You still feel it. So but when you become somewhat aware of that, that oh my gosh, I've said to him. I said okay, just a minute. My orphan heart. That, that it's, it's just it's just raging right now. Can, I'm just going to move it down. I'm just going to move it down on purpose. I'm going to move down that orphan heart feel right now. And I'm going to on purpose choose something different. And another thing in our particular relationship is that because I'm a much more um, loud personality type and he's more of a quiet person. It doesn't mean he talks less. It means he's more quiet in the way he responds to things. But like say that he says something. I might go, what? And he thinks she's reacting at a 10. She feels a 10 in this discussion. And there and we have learned through conversation that he began to talk to me, and I've looked at him and I said, wait a minute, can we just stop for a minute? I I, I feel like you're, you think that I feel a 10, but I don't. I reacted at a 10. I feel a three. I feel a lot less about it. It's just me. I just went, wow! And he went, whoa, she's a 10. Even after all these years, sometimes he still doesn't I make mean, big, why? Because he can't always know everything. And so I I, I want to help. And so, but I've done the same thing with him. I've said, because he doesn't always act like I would, I would say, honey, how wh- what level is this to you? Because I might be thinking that you're at a two, but you're actually at a seven because you're quieter in how you're acting. So some, we help each other out so that we identify for each other. We help each other go, oh, oh, I get it. And I'll just give you a little thought. That has helped me with different staff members. It has helped me to clarify things. When I'm with a staff member, I'll go, okay, on a a one to 10 emotional scale of what's going on right now, help me out, Where, where are you at? Because different people react so differently around you. And then you let them identify their own number for you. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, good. That's how I'll react. That's how I'll respond to what's going on in this situation. So in in communication, I think there's so many things in having conversations, getting stronger in Christ together, learning how to work together, learning how to identify and help each other, understanding at times there are times that a conversation totally starts off in both of you are in orphan heart mode. You're just both in orphan heart mode. And your orphan heart mode is all that's speaking right now. And you have to get spiritual enough in your understanding that we have both went. We have both had to go, oh, let's what, what, stop. Just a minute, let's stop. Not leave. Let's stop. Just let's stop. Let's breathe. And we've had, we just breathe. We just let space. We let moments pass. We let silence be a part of our conversation. And in that silence that we allow to happen, we both allow ourselves to let the Spirit of God move us from this place of the flesh or the orphan heart place. And we don't necessarily go all the way over into the Spirit, but at least we've moved a little, you know, so that we can have something that we do better with.
1: They're going to think we have a lot of problems. We don't
0: fight. We don't, obviously, we don't fight a lot. you are going to
1: walk out of here and go, yeah, okay. and Whoa, people. those guys crazy. have crazy. We don't. Yeah, yeah, we we're don't. We're going to pray for their kids. No, yeah. yeah. They're not even living with us anymore. We, we don't those, actually, those, Those people are messed. No, we're really, we do really hey, good. Hey, the quick to forgive thing. Uh, I think it's bigger than maybe we admit because we're all ministers. And so we're like, well, I forgive. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, I've hired staff members that didn't work out, and Wendy was mad that I hired that person. And now we've got a year or more, and then we got the firing process, and then we got the people that left because that staff member left. Mm-hmm. And she's looking at me thinking the whole time... I told you. I never <laughs> did want to hire that guy. And maybe she did tell me, don't to hire that guy. But I'm saying I had a dream i saw in the sky yeah yeah right whatever it was so now this is a staff issue it's a church issue but at home it's a personal issue because we're feeling pain Mm -hmm. now i've heard pastors talk about separating ministry life from marriage life Mm -hmm. separating professional from personal if there's a way to do that, we don't know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we don't want we to We don't know. know
1: how to do that.
0: We don't really want so to So maybe
1: know. I'm just confessing my fault. Nah. And maybe some of you are a lot better at that. For me, it's all personal. It's all personal. So we've just learned. Yeah. We're going to work it out together. Yeah. We're going to overcome together. We're going to find a way to stay healthy and whole, though it is personal. Yeah right and i think it's because we never started the church thinking we would do something else right right some people are at a church for 5 years 10 years they go to a different ch- we ne- we were college kids yeah. and we were pastors that's it and we don't know anything else no we don't have anywhere else to go right so it's personal but that's not an excuse that's not a reason to stay hurt or stay angry or get quiet or avoid each other or stay mad at each other. Nope. We overcome. We, we walk it through, we work it through, we, we find a way. And um, the things keep changing, right? Well, Seasons keep going. Um, we're 63 now.:
0: I'm 61.
1: <laughs> See? See what I'm dealing with here) <laughs> understand what I'm trying to say? He just pulled
0: me right in there, though, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. So
1: it's different than when we were 23 or yeah. 21. Yeah. But we're still working it out. Right. And uh, we're still having some fun together and still, still want to be together, still enjoying life together, running around the world together.
0: That's it. That's it, man. Okay, so
1: that's enough. You don't want to listen to us talk.
0: I'm going to put you. one more thought because it's its getting late, and he said that, but I, I really appreciate that you brought up He it that said part. that, but... Yeah, I really—I was going to give you a compliment. You. I, I was going to say I really love that you brought out that in—in in when you work together, and when one of them makes a choice and it didn't work out forgiveness might be the right word but the other part too is that there has to be a spirit of grace of working because i've made as many mistakes as he has made if you put it on a mistake board through the years of ministry together i mean he's not going to have more on the board than i'm going to have but but sometimes some on the board have an effect in a different way so i love that you brought that up that that has to be you really have to go, that is, I'm, I'm not going to hold that against you. Because there can be uh, repercussions from different choices that one of you made and that it followed down. Or, with, or the or the way that you reacted to somebody and then they all tell everybody about it. Like one of you might have acted in a certain way. But let me end with just two thoughts on the, on the last part of marriage. One is I really do, this is uh, in marriage, you really do need to make sure that you're doing something beside the ministry also. Like, and together, there's something about finding something. Something that you like to do. Through all of our life, we have done many different. We used to bicycle outside all the time. We've done our mountains. We've done Canadian mountains. We've ri- we've ridden hundreds of miles together on freeways all over the place. We love. We went to Hawaii. Took our bikes there. We've ridden our bicycles, not our motorcycle, our bicycles. We hike a lot because that's kind of my favorite thing. But we hike a lot. We've done you know the Grand Canyon. We've done all over. You know we've just done some beautiful. Rides. We have motorcycles. We and um, we don't go north. Or uh, scuba diving Or cave diving Like uh, Bayless over there But I, we tried Until I broke my, I blew up my ear So he can go uh, scuba diving We tried but
1: to follow you I man.
0: tried to follow But I blew up my ear And it just was I, You know that, They're like Yeah you can't do that But I just say that There are things that in your in your in your relationship, and some people go, "Well, we don't have money." Yeah, we we got we bought bicycles, and we would go on our get on our bicycle and go for a ride out the door. And we didn't have enough money for sunscreen when we started. And we, with a redhead, when we went one way, we came home. He was burned on one side, literally burned on one side after that particular ride because we had no money. So it isn't about money. It's finding the creativeness of your of your of your in you of that you have to decide. Something about being together and having fun—that you decide something about. Let's go for a walk. Let's go for, um, you know, whatever. There's many. Do- you could go dancing classes. You could go to, a, a, you know, something like that that's fun, not just exercise but fun. And then the second thing you're going to want to say this is—is is you have to learn how to have great. In- you guys should be long here. This last part. So like I know he's talking over there. Great intimacy in marriage, and you have to on purpose. You have to um, make place for it because stress is very dangerous to allow the stress of your life and, and, and the amount of kids that you have in your world. And then all of a sudden you're working constant hours. You're both exhausted and you're kind of like, whatever, hey baby, kiss you. But And then all of a sudden you realize days, weeks have gone by. We've, had, we've talked to people that literally let months go by in their marriage relationship and had no intimacy happening in their own world. And I'm like, you just have to change some things if that is true in your own life. You have to decide, let's let's not let that happen. Let's make sure that we aggressively, you know, we aggressively be with each other. We aggressively make space in our time that we are with each other, that we aggressively touch each other all the time. Because do not be deceived. The devil is coming after your marriage. Couch time! It turns into snuggle time. time! You want to say something
1: about that? I think you should. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Can't touch that. Can't touch that, he says.
1: Okay, so uh, we're supposed to, if there's any questions or not a question, maybe an area you just want to bring it up. We'll oh, because we have more Chat time. about it. We'll what? Kick, what? kick it around a minute. Anything you want to bring up? Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So How oh, we do it? This is so good. Y'all are awesome. Yeah. Um, t- can you speak just a little bit about pastors in ministry when you know you need to um, maybe some warning signs where things are getting so busy? Marriage is here, ministry is here. Um, you know, people talk about sabbaticals. People talk about refreshing. Uh, can you speak on that a little bit? How do you the warning signs? I think a lot of us know, but we just keep plowing. You know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm very good at that. <laughs> Um, we've never had a sabbatical or anything. But I will say this. I think my strength is keeping a pace yeah. that I can live with. Yep. So we have a place yep. that we get away to in Arizona. Yep. Uh, when you say we hike, we ride the bikes, mm-hmm. we ride that Harley. We, so I've, I've been able to create a pace that I can keep going till I should be able to keep this pace till I'm 80. Mm-hmm. So that's not every day in the office. Yep. That's not you know eight to five in the office. We go in, uh, get to the office by nine. Usually I'm out of there by 12 or one. She likes to stay longer. I she wants longer. to have longer meetings, and 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 we need that in our staff working through those issues. I'm like, give me all the things, and we can have a really short meeting, <laughs> and I'll help manage those things. Yeah. So, both of us have found that pace, mm-hmm. we brought it up earlier, that we feel like we can live. Mm-hmm. Now, we probably should have done more getaway stuff. Um, <laughs> We're fine. Yeah. We do get away. I mean, we've been in Italy this year, we've, mm-hmm. we've, we've been places where we got to just be together, just hang out um So, I think we love our life, so if you're loving life, then just stay at that pace, you know, don't don't try to do everything. stay at that pace, you feel healthy and you feel happy and you you feel good about. Ministry's hard is going to be those hard seasons, so we get through those.
0: Yeah, that's a good one though. He's running this one.
1: Uh, if it ever happened, um, how did you respond to possible accusations? Because you guys are constantly looking to balance you know, <laughs> fill your tanks and saying, Pastor's out again, or you are doing this together again, or they're going like again. How, how did you respond to that? I'll tell you something. Whether the people or staff will.
0: Okay, so uh, there's social media, right? Don't post everything on social media. I mean, just seriously. You just don't post everything on social media. Um, and you can take a picture at one place and then, you know, post it like when, you know, like on Sunday afternoon. Now they just saw you in church. Then you just post it that afternoon that was a picture two weeks ago. I mean, if you want to use the picture, you know what I mean? You, you don't need to tell all the parts of your life to everybody because sometimes people... Because personally, in my personality type, this is not Casey's, but it really is my... I I feel like, okay, if a person knows that I was out, I need to make sure that they know why I was out. And then I need to explain it. And then I need to make sure that in explaining that they say, I'm okay. Because I'm a middle child and I need constant approval. So I have to be super careful about that. That I don't run my mouth off and tell everything and make sure everybody knows all the things so that they still approve of me. And so I've had to learn learn how to not speak about everything. Like I don't give explanations. Now I don't. When I was 30, when I was 40, I explained everything to everybody all the time. And I still have a problem with it. But, But I try not to. Because people don't understand your schedule they don't understand what you're doing and so you're trying to you know you're trying to explain uh, uh, you know like what like our moses who moved to south africa he'd never seen snow until the first time we were driving up the mountain and that that he is back there our moses is back there and and but to try to explain snow to him before he saw it he knew, it, he knew he'd seen pictures. He knew what it looked like. But to see it coming up to the window, you should have seen his face. I still remember the look of awe. And I thought, sometimes we as pastors, we're trying to explain things that we shouldn't be explaining. We just need to keep our mouth shut about certain things about our life. So, that's it.
1: Real yeah. quick comment. Concerning that, huh. is your board oh. pastors or church members? For years, my board was mainly church members, business guys from our congregation, and we had a lot of what Wendy is saying. They don't get it. They don't understand what it feels like Sunday evening Right. when the only thing you can remember is the one sentence you wish you wouldn't have said. Right.
0: Anybody like feeling that way? And you can't
1: remember the 30 minutes of good stuff you yeah. did say. Yeah. They don't understand that. They're in a different world uh-huh. in a different stress. So... Through the years, I've transitioned my board to be mainly pastor guys who I can call and say, man, I'm doing this, and they're like, yep, I understand.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm with you. And Mm -hmm. and I keep a couple business guys on the board. But to that point, keep people around you that will help you, that you can talk to and Mm -hmm. get it, who Mm -hmm. understand it. Mm -hmm.
0: Work hard, play hard. I read that someplace.
1: Any other questions?
0: We love questions. How have you guys dealt
1: with? Have you ever felt like you were at different paces at different
0: times? How did you did you like ask
1: the other
0: to slow down? Yeah. Different paces, different times.
1: Yeah, we're both pretty aggressive. So you know, we're both trying to grow church, trying to do more, always, always thinking more is better. So for us, the main thing is okay. Maybe we better slow down. Maybe we better relax a little bit. Let's take the day. Let's go for a hike or something like that. Yeah. Um, I suppose if yeah, I think it's just that communication um, part. Keep don't wait till you have a problem to start trying to communicate or sit down. We Kay. need to sit down and talk. Okay. If if you're only doing that when there's a problem, then that's not so good. So we try to if we're keeping in that conversation daily or regularly and we kind of stay aware of those kind of things
0: and I think this is. I, it, what time are we supposed to go to? Because it's four. I mean, every so. Better I quick. think that you're you're like doing really good. You guys got A plus for being attentive at this time of the day after sitting forever. But um, but but there is. A, it is like when you understand your gifting. Sometimes the reason that you might have a conflict is that you need to go back to. Okay, what's our gifting? And, 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 understanding that Casey mentioned our, we have a very similar about us. So there is, a, we have both been a very high push. So, so that hasn't been really in our conversation, but I've seen other people when I realized, oh, they, they, they need to respect each other's gifting. But the one that I'm going to, I'm going to say this, hopefully in the one that has maybe a slower view of it. They have to realize that they have to speed at times. Usually, they have to kind of speed. And, and then the one that goes really fast sometimes has to be respectful and honoring and not, like, try to slam them. Let's pray. Yeah. Father, we pray for these
1: marriages. Yeah. We pray for these ministries. Mm-hmm. We pray, God, that you are helping. You are leading and guiding. We come against the enemy that would try to divide and devour. Yeah. We thank you for agreement. We thank you for unity in these marriages and ministries. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Great to be with Thank you guys. You Thank you. you doing a great
0: job today. Thank you so much, sir.